0: What's going on, guys? In this podcast, I am going to discuss um, some guys that will either be or at least could be either potential trades and or cap casualties. So as I explained the other day, I don't know if it was a podcast or an Instagram post or both, um, right now, and every NFL team is looking at their roster and they're looking at their cap space and they're looking at the upcoming free agent class and they are focused mainly on that yes, they have the scouting department scouting the potential players for the draft, but they're mainly focused on first things first, let's fill our needs with free agency. But before we do that, we have to evaluate our roster and we have to come up, we may have to come up with cap space in order to do some things. And that may just be to re-sign our own guys, right? It's not always to... um you know, to sign big money free agents. Like, that's just the glamorous stuff that we get to see every now and then in the offseason from some teams. But um, first guy, I think, is on my list here. And this guy would not, I repeat, would not be a cap casualty under any circumstances. The reason for that is last March, his 2021 salary, base salary of $18.5 million, by the way, became fully guaranteed. This guy, his name is Frank Clark for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Frank Clark is a good football player, in my opinion. Do I think Frank Clark is a $100 million kind of guy? No. Do I think in the right system, could Frank Clark become that guy again? Sure. I do believe that that is uh, possible. I think that he was showing, at least his last year or two in Seattle, he was showing that he is that kind of a player, right? But if Kansas City doesn't want to trade Frank Clark this year, they can cut him after this season, and they would just be a 12.9 million dead cap if they if they post June 1st designate him. And so that would mean basically, you know, over the last couple of years of his deal, six million bucks. They would still create uh, cap space, it would create a significant amount of cap, like maybe nine million or something like that. But the point is, let's look at Frank Clark and what he's done as a Kansas City Chief, right? 14 games he played in the 2019 season. He had eight sacks, 12 tackles for loss, 14 hits on the quarterback three force fumbles, and 27 pressures, okay? In the 2020 season, this past season, he had six sacks, eight tackles for loss, 15 quarterback hits, uh, zero forced fumbles, and 25 pressures. Just for context, his last year in Seattle, which is the 2018 season, he had 13 sacks. Just, just let me remind you guys, Frank Clark has had 14 sacks in two seasons as a chief right? So he had almost the same in just one his last season in Seattle. He had 10 tackles for loss that season. He had 27 hits on the quarterback, which is basically double what he did, what he's done so far in Kansas City, almost equal to what he's done in both seasons. Um, Three forced fumbles, and you guys love pressures. So here you go, 48 pressures. A reminder, in two seasons in Kansas City, he has 52 combined pressures. So he was a much better player, much more impactful player um, in Seattle with the Seattle Seahawks. So when you look at that, what would the trading team see in Frank Clark? They would see that 2018 version of him and they would say, hey, man, maybe we can get that guy. You know, and that's why I think they would potentially be interested in paying him. And then if you look at it from the financial aspect, what would they be paying from that standpoint if they traded for Frank Clark 2021? basically guaranteed money right cuz i told you his base salary of 18.5 is guaranteed and then he has a $500,000 workout bonus so they'd be paying 19 million for the 2021 season and then after that it's all free and clear right if you if you just wanted to cut bait with him after that if you said you know what this is not working out so well with Frank let's go ahead and cut him you'd be able to save 19 and a half million against the 2022 cap and then you'd be able to save 21 million Against the 2023 cap, right? So you'd be able to really get out of the deal if you tra- if you trade a third round pick. It doesn't work out, you know. You're only the- financially obligated to him for the for one season, right? And I mean, you could even cut him halfway through the 2022 season if you're just like, let's just give it a try and if it's not working. Just get you know, or trade him. You know, you might be able to trade him again. So who knows? But in terms of compensation, what do I think Frank Clark at this stage? Uh, of his career in terms of just what he's done the last two seasons. What do I think he could command? I think um, compensation-wise, I think a third-rounder would probably be the, um, I don't want to say ceiling, but yeah, it'd probably be the ceiling. Maybe at absolute most, third-rounder, and then like some kind of a starter, like, you know, average starter, backup kind of guy um, as well. I think that's basically shooting for the moon if you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now. So if you're if you're Kansas City, you're looking at that and you're thinking, um, you know, yeah, we could use some cap space, I'm sure, but I'm not quite sure a third round pick is going to get me all excited to get rid of Frank Clark. Like, am I going to go draft someone in the third round that I think is a better football player than Frank Clark? Of course not. Right. So so from that standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. But if they came to the realization that, hey, we need this money off the books this year because we want to re-sign Sammy Watkins or we want to, you know, whatever, they felt like they needed the money for something that, that would benefit their team more, then of course they would, that's when they would really consider doing it. And if you think about it like this, if Frank Clark has one more of these, like, you know, let's say he has a bad season in 2021. Let's say he's got, he has like three sacks and he's, and he misses eight or nine games or something like that. Well, then, I, you know, I don't think you'd be able to trade him for much. You know, and then you're also not going to be able to get a, comp, a compensatory pick. And, it, you know, like he's not a guy that's going to sign somewhere else and, and get you uh, a comp pick that way. So it's almost like maybe it's now or never in terms of getting trade value for him. But I wouldn't quite go that far, but it's probably getting close to that point. So if you're Kansas City and you need the money, take the third round pick and, and move on because it. He hasn't been a consistent dominant player for you. He just hasn't for whatever reason. But what he has been is someone that flashes in big moments, right? Like I think he had two sacks in the Super Bowl. He at least had one or one and a half. But the point I'm making is, even though he's not been a consistent game wrecker, he has shown up when you've needed big plays out of him, right? So that um, is definitely valuable and should be considered before they make any decision. In my opinion, next guy on this list here, and this is once again not a guy that's going to be a cap casualty because of the same exact situation with Frank Clark, but somebody that I believe will be, um, you know, should be shopped if it's for the right price in terms of uh, in terms of compensation. But I think it's Demarcus Lawrence, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, man, look, his seventeen million dollar base salary just like Frank Clark, it fully guaranteed last March. So Dallas is not going to cut them. They can't, I mean, it would be preposterous to cut them, right? So after 2021, however, Dallas could cut them for 19 million in a dead cap that would be split over a few years. And a trade would create $9 million in cap space this season. If they decided to trade him, that's $9 million extra dollars they could put towards their quarterback, I think. That's a wise thing to do with that investment. It would also create $11 million in 2022 and $13 million in 2023 cap space. When you look at DeMarcus Lawrence production ever since that deal, six sacks and five sacks over the 2019 and 2020 seasons, and he has uh, 29 and 26 pressures in that time after he had 42 in 2018. So it's really eerily similar to Frank Clark. I mean, you know, I don't exactly know why the production has has slipped, but it certainly has. And um, I mean, really, in in every facet of his game, maybe he's been just as good against the run, but you're not paying a guy 100 million dollars to to defend, to set an edge in the run game. You know, you're just not, you're paying them to, to have serious impacts on football games. And he just hasn't been able to do that so far. However, just like with Frank Clark, I could totally see a team saying, Hey, we can get that out of him, you know? And since we don't have to pay him any signing bonus money, I'm down. Like for example, a team that this would make perfect sense for, let's say, let's say his trade compensation is a third or fourth round pick. What if you're the Raiders and you're like, Give me a freaking veteran edge rusher. Give me Demarcus Lawrence, you know, a guy that's that's thrived in a similar system to what we run, right, defensively. And a guy that maybe just needs a change of scenery, maybe just needs a John Gruden. You know, who knows? But, like, if the Raiders wanted him, throw a fourth rounder Dallas's way, I, I mean – it'd probably take more than that. Maybe a third rounder and a player, something equal. I see him about similar to how I see Frank Clark in terms of compensation given for him, maybe a little bit less. But, um, I think Jerry Jones is the kind of guy that's like, dude, I want players. I don't want, I don't give a damn about a third round pick. You give me a starter at safety, right? Give me Jeff Heath back or something. I'm just kidding. But like maybe, maybe in all seriousness, maybe they, they say, Hey, give me, um, What's the young safety the first rounder that nobody likes because he can't cover uh, the guy that drafted in the first round? Jonathan Abram. Give, give me Jonathan Abram for Demarcus Lawrence. We'll give you Demarcus Lawrence in a third round pick. You give us Jonathan Abram and, you know, something conditional or whatever. Who knows? That might make sense for both sides because we know Dallas had a need at the safety position for like 20 years since uh, Darren Woodson retired. But um, yeah. So anyways, I think that is... Um, I think it's at least on the table. I don't think the Frank Clark and DeMarcus Lawrence situations are very likely. I don't think these guys will be traded if I had to predict that, but I do think they're two guys that under the radar guys that make sense, you know, if um if in if their organizations felt the same way. All right. Uh, this guy is a cap casualty. This next guy, his name is D Ford, plays for the San Francisco 49ers. 11.6 million of his 2021 salary guarantees on April 1st of 2021. So, It has not guaranteed yet. D. Ford played just one game last season, and he played 11 games in 2019. In 2019, he did, in those 11 games, have six and a half sacks. He had 16 pressures and six tackles for a loss as well in um, 2019. So he has shown he can be productive in San Francisco. So there's definitely a world in which the 49ers don't get rid of him. right? But San Francisco also has quite a bit of um, resources and money Invested into their defensive line, which is totally fine. I mean, they have good players up there, right? They've got first-round pick on Bosa, first-round pick on Kinlaw, big money in Armstead, big money in in Ford. You know, so it it does make some sense for them to say, "Hey, man, let's go ahead and alleviate and diversify some of our funds, right?" And let's let's get rid of D Ford for basically no dead money. And compensation-wise, here's the only bummer part about D Ford. I don't think he's getting you a third rounder. I It may be a fourth, probably more like a fifth, though, because when you look at what he was actually traded for, like what San Francisco gave up when they got him, I believe it was just a third rounder, right? Maybe a second or something. It was like a second or third rounder. So if they only gave that up, and that was two years ago when he was two years younger and he wasn't even – You know, he was thought to be more productive. He was coming off a 13-sack season, ironically, in Kansas City. He was a better player for the Kansas City Chiefs than Frank Clark was, at least when it comes to rushing the passer. That's undeniable, right? He had 54 pressures and 13 sacks in his last year in Kansas City. I mean, that's more pressures than what Frank Clark has had in each of the last two seasons combined. So you guys love pressure, so there you go. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, maybe if you're the 49ers, you could recoup something like if you wanted to say, hey, what about a – third round pick next year if you wanted to get just higher compensation in general you could probably do that for D Ford I think the team would definitely give you a third or fourth next year for sure but if it's this year I think a fifth or sixth rounder but hey if I'm San Francisco I'm a team that's obviously we believe we're in win now mode we were in the Super Bowl you know last year so the year before so we think we're in win now mode therefore give me a starter for you know give me some a starter at a position in need I'll take that instead of uh, a fifth rounder this year. So here's another guy that I don't think this would happen to It's the next guy on this list. He definitely wouldn't be cut. But I wanted to go off some like kind of crazy ones because there's always every NFL offseason, there's something crazy that happens or multiple things crazy that happen that no one would have ever thought that would happen, right? So I wanted to kind of touch on those in this podcast. And that's why I have put Julio Jones on this list. Okay, base salary for 2021, again, guaranteed, right? That's $15.3 million. It is guaranteed to Julio in one 117th increments over the regular season. But a trade for Atlanta would create about $8 million in cap space. Julio has been productive. He's, you know, yes, he missed seven games last year, but he was still productive in the nine games he did play. He had 51 catches, 771 yards, three touchdowns. That's about 86 yards a game, almost. And over the two previous seasons, the guy had 212 catches for over 3,000 yards. Like, he is a productive, phenomenal player. Bear with me with this one real quick, right? Julio's about to be 32. But don't you think, if you were the GM of the Green Bay Packers right now, don't you think you would make a call and say, hey, we'll give you a second rounder right now for him? If Atlanta, the only way this would happen— is if Atlanta feels like they are entering a true rebuild, right? They're thinking about taking Trey Lance or whoever it is at the quarterback position. They're thinking about moving on from Matt Ryan, you know, maybe after, after the season at worst, and they're like, we're going to, you know, we have Calvin Ridley. We're going to build our receiving core kind of around Calvin Ridley in that, in that regard. I think that, you know, Julio's about to be 32, but I think that again, Not likely to happen, but I do think if Atlanta is looking at their situation like, hey, we we know we need to go ahead and get as much resources as we can and kind of uh, start the rebuild, if they're looking at it from that standpoint, I could totally see them doing this. I think that if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, people are talking about Kansas City potentially signing Allen Robinson. Why not trade for Julio? Give him the 31st overall pick if you have to. Get Julio Jones in there. You'll get a, you know, well... You won't get a third round comp pick for Julio, but it won't affect your comp pick status in in terms of like if you sign Allen Robinson, that means the odds of you getting a compensatory pick go almost to the toilet. right? You're almost no chance. If you trade for Julio Jones, it has no effect on your compensatory pick. And could you imagine Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey? Those are three completely different skill sets. Those are three, I mean, my God, what a match made in heaven that would be. You know, what a a nightmare for for a lot of teams. Another team I'm interested in, in trading for Julio would be the Cleveland Browns. Look, Odell's not working there for whatever the reason is, okay? Let's go ahead, trade Odell. Maybe we get a first or second for Odell, probably a second. You know, we'll give that second for Julio. Let's just swap it out, see what happens there. We didn't have to pay any signing bonus with Odell, so we'll just, you know, Basically, it's just, a, it's just an even swap, essentially, and you might be able to do it. For, I mean, hell, you might be able to trade Odell for Julio. <laughs> you know, as crazy as that would sound, but that's possible, right? If um, if the Browns get rid of Odell, I could see them doing this if they really believe that they have a chance to win a championship now. And let's see what Baker Mayfield can do with Jarvis Landry and Julio Jones. Once again, a perfect you know, balance of skill sets, in my opinion. The Baltimore Ravens, I don't think this would happen, but... Why not Baltimore? You know, give a give a second or first rounder for Julio. It's a late one or or or, 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 a, or a late two, but I think that would um to me it's worth it. And then Seattle or the Green Bay Packers, the other two teams, I think could really um, it benefit from from trading for Julio Jones and adding a guy like that to their organization. So I don't know. It's like I said, probably not going to happen, but I I definitely think that it makes sense, right? And then, um, let's see here, of course, Odell, I did a whole podcast on Odell, so I don't need to get too much into him. But if you did cut Odell, it would save 15.75 million this year against the cap. And it would save 15 million next year and 15 million the year after that. So he's very tradable for that from that standpoint alone, because he's a guy that's just going to come with no dead cap. He's only, I think he's still only 28 or 29. So you're not, you know, he's not washed up. He's not, I mean, Julio's 32, right? It's just, um, I think Julio, we all understand is, is just still playing well, right? Odell hasn't been that elite player in a few years, you know, even last year when he played most of the season, he wasn't, um, he wasn't that, you know, early on Odell kind of guy. Another guy that I think could make sense, but, and this one I think could really happen. But I could also see this guy retiring a Philadelphia Eagle and just, be, you know, because he has just been the epitome of just Eagles football, in my opinion. That's Fletcher Cox. Um, look, excuse me, Fletcher Cox, the Eagles are like $42 million over the salary cap right now. $42 million over the cap. So they need to make some moves. They're going to really, guys. You're going to see Philly get rid of a lot of good players, a lot of veteran players, in in my opinion. Well, they they have to. So in my opinion, it's pretty much a fact at this point. But I think that this would a trade of Fletcher Cox would create seven um, ish million in cap space this year and about ten million next year. I mean, look. If the Buffalo Bills could somehow figure out a way to maneuver their salary cap and get Fletcher Cox in their defense to pair him with Sarla Tule, these running, uh, run defense issues you speak of would never happen again. Like it would just be, you know, that'd be perfect um, in terms of just what, what he would mean for that organization. And if you're, if you're Buffalo, why not give up your late second rounder for him? Even I mean, try, of course, to give up the third third round pick, but if you had to, I'd give up the second form. He's still playing at a high level. You're getting him for the next two seasons for 16 million and $17 million. So if you tell me you're going to get potentially an elite, if he's not elite next year and the year after he will be close to, or at least very, very good, right? You're going to get a very good, a top 10 player at his position at worst over each of the next two seasons. And you're going to spend a second or third round pick on that, right? And that second rounder, would be like, what, pick 58 or something like that? It would be a late second rounder is my point. So if it was a third rounder, even better, that's a late third rounder. That's a very late pick. I think that makes a ton of sense. Or if you're those same Buffalo Bills, what about trading for Akeem Hicks, who's the last guy on this list? Akeem Hicks, um, one of, to me, the very best players at, the, at his position in the NFL. I, the, I really love this guy. As a football player, I think what he's done in terms of how he affects Khalil Mack's production should tell you that alone. Khalil Mack, in games played with Akeem Hicks since becoming a Chicago Bear, has played 12 games. I'm sorry, has played um 12 games without Hicks. In those games, he has five and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, 10 hits on the quarterback, and 24 pressures. In games without Hicks, it is where's is it at? So there was 15 plus – I'm sorry, that was without Hicks. I can't find it right now. Okay, yeah, never mind. 36 games with Hicks, 24 and a half sacks, 24 tackles for loss, 35 hits on the quarterback, and 99 pressures. If you run that out, right, in a per-game basis, it's about, I would say – it's basically a significant increase in each statistical category. Nothing like dramatic, dramatic, because Khalil Mack is still, you know, good enough to be good without Hicks there, but it's enough for you to say Akeem Hicks presence means something to Khalil Mack. You know, it would say that there's 9 million this year. I wouldn't do it if I were Chicago. But if you're looking at, you know, building for the future, which they probably aren't going to be looking at that simply because they're basically on the hot seat. The coach and the GM are sort of on the hot seat. So it's not like they're going to want to be giving away good players. But at this time of year, you see guys all the time need cap space, right? So, you know, maybe they have a plan of some things they want to do that they feel are more important than Akeem Hicks. And if that was the case, then, yeah, they'd have to go ahead and get rid of them. Another guy, last guy on my list here, is is a corner for the Philadelphia Eagles named Darius Slay. Darius Slay, let me just preface this by saying I think he's a fantastic football player. He is really everything I look for in a corner. You know, long, physical, tough, smart, can play man, can play zone, does does everything. For whatever reason, it just didn't look good last year in in Philly. Over the last 10 games alone, he gave up 624 yards, 11.3 yards a target, three touchdowns, one uh, one pick, three passes defense, only three passes defense over that long. I mean, over 10 games is not quite uh, what we're used to with Darius Slay. And if you look at, let me find it here, what he would do for the cap, he would save about $9 million if they traded him, save about $9 million in this year's cap. As I mentioned, Philly is about $43 million over the cap. So they definitely need to do something in that regard. So I think That makes sense. Um, Opposing quarterbacks last year had a QB rating of like over 111 when they were – over 111 when they were targeting Darius Slay, whoever he was covering. He had like 168 yards to Seattle in that game last year. So, I mean, it could happen. I think Darius Slay makes sense for them to trade simply because he would be a guy – I think his floor in terms of compensation would be a second-rounder, right? I I mean, like – he's still young enough you know i think he's 29 years old to where he could really be a difference maker for some team out there and his contract again i get over this all the time his contract without signing bonus is a lot cheaper you know you just tick on the base salaries or whatever that is over the rest of his deal and it's you know becomes relatively manageable at least so that's um that's what i've got for you guys in this podcast i will um be back either tomorrow or later with another one. All right, peace.